Thanks for joining us on the War on Marriage podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Robin. And we believe marriage needs to be fought for. Christ says in Matthew 19, 6, What God has joined together, let no man separate. Yet we constantly see and hear otherwise. Join us as we have honest discussions on in-laws, money, fights, and of course, sex. Together, we will learn from Christ and others about how to fortify our marriages. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the War on Marriage podcast. So today we are very lucky. We had a very special couple come on to the War on Marriage podcast today. It was Mac and Janet McAdoo. They are a couple from our church. Mac McAdoo is one of the campus preachers at Norfolk Trinity Church. And Janet McAdoo is his wife of 35 years. Yeah, and I mean, this was such a great conversation. So great to the point that we actually had to break it up into two parts. So this episode is the first part. And in this episode, we talk about uh, Mac and Janet's relationship early on. We talk about their marriage, how they uh, came to know and love one another, um, and all the struggles and challenges and glorious things that happened. And along with that, uh, they they talk about how they came to know Christ in, yeah. in their relationship. Which is definitely amazing because uh, hearing from a strong Christian couple who started out neither of them knowing the Lord, it was honestly just amazing. I was in awe the entire time just listening to them talk and hearing about their experiences I completely forgot that I was supposed to be asking questions throughout the way, but it was just so amazing hearing them talk about their experience. And without further ado, here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We have two special guests today. (laughs) Um, we have Janet and Mac McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Great to be here. Thank you for having us. Glad no to problem. be here. No problem. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll get right into it. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind if as much as you want to, could you tell us your marriage story, how you met, um, and just kind of, kind of go into that for our viewers and that will sort of lead us into well, which version do you want? Because you yeah. know there's two versions. <laughs> there's my version, the right version. And the yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. Both. You want to start or you want me to start? No, you can start. I can't. Because I want to hear your version. Uh-oh. Okay. So um, we met. So I'm from California originally, and Mac is from uh, North Carolina. And we were both um, pretty good high school basketball players, and we got highly recruited. And Real good well, basketball he, players. Yeah, well, okay. Not yeah. pretty good. Humility. Humility. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, I came when I was a senior in high school. Old Dominion was the top program in the nation, and the men's team was—they're pretty good too. But I came back to from all the way from California um, to Norfolk to come to school, and so I was 18 years old. And when I walked on campus, Mac was had already put in two years. He was two years ahead of me in school. and there was no football program at ODU, so the men's basketball team was the team. So Mac was the big man on campus, 
Yeah, had lots of girlfriends. He was also physically probably the biggest. He was, ba- yeah. <laughs> he he was a presence in more ways than one. <laughs> um, and um, so, the men's and women's basketball teams were very close knit, mm-hmm. and that's kind of unusual too at, at most schools. Um, they spent a lot of time together, and so I met Mac early on, and um, just kind of casually. And then um, when we went to go, used to go to the dorms, the cafeteria at the dorms to eat, he would just watch me. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I would try to eat. And have you ever tried to eat when somebody's just looking at you? It's, it's unnerving. Yeah, our cat all the time. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, we experienced that tonight, too. Yeah. Um, and so um, he was pretty puppy. He was pretty pumped up about himself, you know, pretty prideful. And uh, he told all his friends he was going to marry me. And and I was like, this guy is just, he is out of control. So he asked me out on a date. And I I said, sure, sure, I'll go with him on a date. And I stood him up. And I did that on purpose because I wanted Um. him, I was a power play. And, uh, and he was, and I, so I was in the apartment the whole time. I was in the back of the apartment. My roommate was like, no, she's not here. She's not here. And uh, I just thought that was hilarious, but uh, he didn't think yeah. it was so funny. No, I didn't. So then um, <laughs> probably a couple of weeks went by, and he was pretty mad about that. And then he came down with like a head cold. And my heart, I think he, I think he was a faking it. A pretend head cold. <laughs> oh, okay. And so uh, I took him some chicken soup and like an apple or something. And we just sat and talked for a really long time. And I saw his heart um, pretty early on mm-hmm. that he was he was a, a big, a lot of it was a, a lot of show. Mm-hmm. That really underneath those layers of muscles and, and pride was a really special guy. It's like an and, ogre. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then his, and then shortly after that, um, his grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather, was his father figure Mm -hmm. he didn't have a relationship at all with his natural dad and his grandfather um was a big piece of his heart and Mm -hmm. i and he cried and i was like oh you know when you see someone be vulnerable with you in that way um and so we were kind of an item from then on out did i do a pretty good job you did a wonderful (laughs) job and i co-signed everything you said but you left out the most important part Because the rumor was circling all around Old Dominion. Have you seen this 6'4 top athlete from California? Because when Janet came out of high school, she was the number one center in the country. And so the word had already hit the campus that this girl was coming in from California, and she was the number one player in the country. And so I was standing at Webb Center. That's the student union building. And I was hanging out with some of the ball players, and the guy said, hey, have you seen Janet Davis? I said, no, I haven't seen her, man, but I've, I've heard the rumor that she's the best center in the country. And then I looked up, and I saw her coming across campus, <laughs> and I looked at Mark West, who was our center, and Grant Robinson, and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> True story. Yeah. I said, I'm going to marry yeah. that girl. Yeah. And wow. here we are. Yeah. How <laughs> many years later? 35. Wow. We've been married 35 years. 40 years. We well, dated for five. we've been together for 40 okay. years. <laughs> we've been That's together true. 40 Thank years. Thank you for that correction. Wow. Yeah, because in 1980, I, yeah. I, I came to Old Dominion in 1980. Yeah. So, so yeah, mm. so that, um, 
But That's... I got her though. I pretended to be sick. I, <laughs> she came right over with the chicken yeah. soup. I said, I got her now. Yeah. It's like hook, yeah. line, and sink. Got her. Easy. Yeah. Wow. Well, I saw the layers get pe- peeled back. Yeah. And That's awesome. It was funny though because I remember going to his dorm room that first time and um, he had, you know, it was like requisite, you know, dorm furniture. It yeah. all looks the same, right? So he had his little mirror and he had all all these little pictures of all these cute little girls Aww. around his mirror. And I was like, who are those? Oh, those are my girlfriends. I said, those are my trophies. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, bye. And I got Rayleigh's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm not going to be one of your, one of your girls. So he took all the pictures down. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I had a lot of girls that were I said, this is me. the one. If that's <laughs> what I have to do, then wow. so be yeah. it. She's yeah. the one. <laughs> a lot of girls who are very unhappy with me because they, they, liked, they liked Big Mac. <laughs> well, too bad. They, they'll get over right. it. They probably, hopefully 40 years later, they They did. moved yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Sure let's hope that. Well, there's a funny story, though, because there's, there's, there's an underlying story here that um, when Facebook started coming out, he mm-hmm. wanted to get a Facebook page. And so... Oh. He did, and like all these women started. He's like, okay, I don't want a Facebook page. <laughs> or delete, delete. Oh. I said, Janet, get rid of my Facebook. People hitting me up from twenty years so ago. So people ask him, "What's your face?" I don't have a Facebook page. Nope. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have None Janet has all that stuff. Wow. So which I had to laugh. I was that like, "Oh, honey, funny. it's all good." Yeah. So, so then the marriage after yeah, five so, years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was two years behind Mac, and so um, when he graduated. Then I still had two years left, but um, big transition, obviously, from the West Coast to the East Coast, and uh, the transition was good while Mac was in school, but the thought of him not being in school, I just thought, I can't, I'm not going to make it here. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of other variables, too, but that was a, that was a very large variable. And so he got drafted um, to go to the NBA, and so he was on his little new trajectory and so i said i'm gonna go back out to california mm-hmm. i made the choice to transfer back out to california and then um so i spent three years in school out there I had to sit out a year so i finished up out in in uh, long beach california and then during that time mac got drafted uh tried out for the hawks atlanta hawks didn't make the league and it was kind of like lost like he yeah. lost he wasn't sure because basketball had been yeah. his whole identity, so he wasn't sure what to do. She's been nice. I, I just, yeah. um, after I got cut by the Hawks, my life just spiraled out of control. Mm-hmm. I um, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was big-time athlete, and everybody in my little country town just knew I was yeah. going to make the NBA, and I came from a poor family, right. and I'd already mm-hmm. promised my mom a new house, mm-hmm. my brother's cars, and all of that stuff, and went down to Atlanta and got cut and didn't know what to do, and just came back to Mevin and turned to drinking and drugs and mm. just. I don't think you know, ever imagined that that would happen. Yeah. And so he didn't have a backup plan. Yeah. And, and so he's, he's in North Carolina. I'm in California. We're still in contact. Of course, this is like way back. You guys pre cell phones, you know, yeah, this is long distance phone calls were like a lot of money. And wow. so I remember saying to him that you're going to die there. Yeah. You're, you're just gonna, you're going to die if you stay there. You mm. need to you need to come you need to come out here, and we weren't believers, um, so of course we were living together. And no, I went back to school first. Oh no, that's right. You called that's me right. in Carolina, that's right? And I said, uh, yeah, because he was I, so close to finishing school. Yeah, I he said, Jay, school. I'm yeah. dying. Yeah. She said, you need to go yeah, back to back school. Yeah. I said, I don't have any money to yeah. go back to school. 
She said, call coach, call your coach. And so I called my coach at Old Dominion. Mm -hmm. I said, coach, I've lost my way and I only need a semester to graduate. He said, you, you get your, uh, you come back to Norfolk. Yeah. You got to get yourself back here, yeah. and we'll take care of your school. And so I came mm, back, and I finished yeah. up here. And, uh, and that was huge, just because yeah. he was the first person in his family, first person in my family to go to college. Go to wow. college, yeah. That's awesome. a big deal. And so for yeah. him to finish was a really big deal. Yeah. And um, once he was done, then it was kind of like, okay, now what? Yeah. And at some point, you ended up coming out to California. Yeah. I tried to hook on with some teams overseas mm -hmm. and couldn't get a job so I said hey I got to get out of here yeah mm. so I just moved out to California and Janet and I got and he worked yeah I, um so I was I finishing can, school yeah. and he worked and um you know and, we were uh, living together yeah. and then as soon as um I'd soon as so to kind of put a little color on it so my family's from Southern California and um I remember when I first went home and told them about Mac and like I knew my heart I knew I was falling in love right. And so mm. I remember telling, I think I told my dad first. I told my dad, I'm like, I really, I really like this guy. And so he, you know, playing, kind of playing it cool. And I just knew from those first conversations that they were not going to be supportive um, of interracial marriage. They were just not going to mm. have it. And so it's like, nope, we're not going to, we're not going to go for that. And, um, but so, but then my heart was already, I was already in love. Right. And so I just, uh, when Matt came out to California. I think there was a period of time where um, we didn't tell them, and then we decided we we should tell them. Right. And um, one day we made the decision to just drive up to my parents' house, and it was about a forty-five minute drive. We're just gonna yeah. drive up there. Like, we didn't tell them. Yeah. Like, I'm We're gonna tell them. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, now that I'm a parent of adult kids, I'll be like, that was the stupidest <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> and we're just gonna drive up there, and, and gonna tell we're gonna tell them. And that's what we're going to do. And we got there, and my grandmother was in town, and my mom... Your mom and dad, dad was out. dad were out. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So my my grandmother was there, and my, my brother was there. And they just they just welcomed us with open arms. Shall we talk? Let huh? me tell okay, this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so her mom and dad was out, and so I'm sitting in there in the living room having conversation with uh, Janet's grandmother and her brother, and I see the car pulling the driveway and Nana and Papa, I call them Nana and Papa. Now they came in and, and now uh, they've never met Matt. They never met me. Never met him. Okay. And so they walked through the door and Papa and Nana looked at me <laughs> and they just said to Janet, come here, <laughs> come, come here, come here. They walked through the kitchen yeah, out in the backyard. backyard. 10 minutes later, Janet come back through and said, Mac, let's go. I said, what about meeting your parents? She said, Mac, let's go. <laughs> They don't want to meet you. We got up and left. Yeah. And we got up and left. Yeah. Wow. And so that's kind of like how it started. And so then it, it just um, kind of spiraled from there. And um, they were never supportive. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there was things that we didn't do well mm -hmm. that um, had something to do with it. But then I made a promise. I don't know if I ever made it to them, but I made a promise to myself that I would finish school. I'm going to finish school, and then we can get married. Mm -hmm. And so I finished in 1985, um, May, May. Mm -hmm. actually it might have been even close to June. And in July, I went to the Just of the Peace, got married, didn't tell anybody. Mm. Actually told my older brother, when we, we, um, we both got contracts to play uh, professional ball over in uh, France. And so we flew, my brother was already over there playing ball, and we flew over there and we told him, 
And then we slowly started to tell people, but it was like, it was a long time before we told mom and dad. But let me just share this also, because I think this is important. And even though Janet's parents wanted nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. and basically they didn't verbally say it, but they were saying, get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said to Janet that night, I said, honey, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said, when your parents can, can look beyond the color of my skin mm-hmm. and see the man that I am, yeah. It's going to be okay. I never had a crossword to say about the people who didn't think I was good enough to date their daughter and didn't want me in their house. I had nothing but love yeah, for them. That's true. He yeah. handled I never it so had a crossword. Well. And when they took time to meet me, they nana and papa now. <laughs> they <laughs> they fell in me. love with him. Yeah. In fact, I'll never get like towards the end of my dad's life, even like the last 10 years of my dad's life. He talked to Mac. Yeah. Marty talked to me. Now, <laughs> Mac would say, your dad says, blah, blah, blah. like, what? He didn't tell yeah. me that. Mac was like, well, he told me. I'm telling you. So I'm that's sorry. like, to me, that's like the beauty of what the God like redeemed. Right. Yeah. That, or those early right. years, which were so, so that's kind of a theme for us that Joel chapter two, where he talks about, you know, I'll, re- I'll redeem you from the locusts that will come and, you know, ravage the land yeah. that there's been, there was so much that we did improperly and so much hurt and deceit and lies and but god still like took it and made a beautiful story sure with it. it so yeah mm-hmm. so yeah 35 years yeah yeah are we that old because nana and papa <laughs> you know god god Gosh. used god really yeah. used us to yeah. like that to, yeah to get Mat- them because they them. they were going to church mm-hmm. but that was it mm. they yeah. were just going to church and then when yeah. we got saved nana and papa's so Huge us, we were on fire for Jesus. Right. And all of a sudden, they started going to church and volunteering and going yeah. on missions. Yeah. So, yeah. We saw a different side of yeah. them. So I think that they felt like um, energized. That fire that. just got lit yeah. again. And now. Yeah. It's been kind of cool. Well, what, what, what about your story about being saved? So What's that? Yeah, so we both you don't grew mind. up in church. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's such, a, such an interesting word, right? <laughs> uh, we both grew up in church. For, for me... Uh, we would we went to Baptist church. We would go to church, and we would you know have that fellowship with God. But then we would come home, and God would stay at church. Mm. Like He never became a part of the fabric of our everyday life like He is now. And so mm-hmm. it's a very it was sort of like a couldn't c- quite understand that. But I have this rich legacy in my history where my dad's dad was a church planter. And then my dad's grandfather, my great-grandfather, was a traveling evangelist. He went with D.L. Moody and Billy Sunday. He would take the accordion and go play on, get the drunks off the street. And, wow. You know, he was, he was all in. So you've got this traveling evangelist, a church planter, and then my dad. And my dad was so angry because as a church planter, this was a time frame where you literally plant, you plant and move, plant and move, plant and move. He went to eight different high schools. Oh, wow. High schools. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So can you imagine like, and this was just, this was his dad's vocation. And so he never, so that was very, a lot of resentment, mm. a lot of hatred. And so I think that under, underneath that, um, Head knowledge. He has. An, he had an incredible head knowledge. Incredible. Could quote oh, wow. scripture. scripture after scripture. But he had no heart knowledge. Papa was a walking Bible. Yeah. Right. Up wow. here, head knowledge, but he yeah. didn't have it in heart. And so he tolerated like going to church, 
but he did not have a close relationship. In fact, mm-hmm. I remember one time uh, in our marriage, he said to us, he's like, you guys have a lot of faith. Like, like that, he, he could see it because the, the decisions that we were making. And he's like, I just, I'm just not there with you guys. And I'm like, wow, okay. So that helped us to know how to minister and also pray for him. Mm-hmm. But so that huge disconnect with my dad then like colored our entire childhood and, and how we came up. So I, we got, you know, we went to church, went to vacation Bible school, did all that stuff. So I had, I had a pretty good training, if you will. But then I wanted to go as far away from school as I could. And I did. I went from one coast to the other, right? Because I was like, I'm not, I'm not hanging out here. And so I, what the Bible says, I did what was right in my own eyes. I did what felt good to me. I didn't have my parents, you know, no legal, you know, law, Mm -hmm. their law over me. And so I just, just did what I wanted to, even though I knew it was wrong. And my mom said I made a profession of faith, but I certainly wasn't, it was, I, there wasn't ownership there for me. Mm. Um, and so we were in our uh, third year of marriage, and we knew something was missing, and we, we a couple times we tried, let's go try out this church. And we were like so dumb. We went to like the Unity Church, which is like mm, not a good church. <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> no, I'm going to no, stop right you. there. And um, so we were, we were definitely we were seekers, and um, uh, we're, we were undergoing so much turmoil in our relationship uh, as a couple. We actually split up. I filed for divorce. Hmm. Our daughter was around three, and I was splitting up our household goods because like, we were going to have to sell a house. We just we had hadn't even been in the house what two years. And I ran across this cassette tape on the Book of Romans, mm. and I ended up popping the cassette tape in while I was listening to, uh, while I was packing, and just listened to the this guy just like walked down the Roman road and just talked about all the scripture in the Book of Romans, and I, I listened to it twice, and I went and found a Bible. I knew we had a Bible in the house, and <clears throat> read through it, and I just was like that. I could see myself there in that, but I wasn't ready yet. But it was enough, my, my heart began to soften, and I started thinking, okay, maybe we should give this another chance. And Mac, Mac never gave up. Like, he, was, he just kept pursuing me. Mm. And so he came back, lived, came back home, and he used to try to um, pick fights with me, and I was just like, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to get into it. And um, the Lord moved a couple into mm-hmm. our cul-de-sac, and they were... Um, the family that they rented from was a Navy family who had gotten deployed somewhere because they followed the husband. And they were they only lived there for one year. And they had four kids, so a family of six. And I just hit it off with their wife. And she was a believer, and and we were still struggling. You know, we were, we're back together, but we're still severely struggling. And she and I would just walk the whole loop of the subdivision and, she would just pray for me and pray for me and pray for me. And I, I was so impacted by her testimony and her life that I went and looked for the Bible again, and a, a salvation tract fell out of the Bible. And I like read through it, and I was like, I've tried everything else. And all mm-hmm. the things from my childhood started coming back, you know, the things that I knew about God, that I knew about Christ. And I accepted Christ and started attending a Bible study. 
um, with her and um, Mac was so funny. He was like, mm-hmm. he could tell right away that something had changed in my life and but mm-hmm. wasn't sure what it was. And I used to get up super early in the morning and just sit at the, sit at the table and drink my coffee and just, I just pray for him nonstop. And I had these little, these little ladies at the Bible study were praying for him. I call them my blue haired angels. They were so cute. (laughs) They were so cute, but they would just, they would just cry out. I mean, they were just the embodiment of what a a person who loves the Lord. Um, And then the same gal that I walked with came across the street one day. um, Yeah. Tracy came across the, uh, cause see, I was at a point in my life where, um, out, out. You could look at me from the outside, and you would think, "Hey, you got it going on. We had a, you know, beautiful family, a nice home. I had a great job, a company car, and but inside, I was like, man, Torn tore up. up. Yeah. I couldn't even sleep at night. He's like, okay, but I would put on this yeah. show when I was around my friends. Like yeah. life is great, and so this particular uh, Saturday, I was just outside washing my car. And Tracy, who had befriended Janet but never had much to say to me, she walks across the cul-de-sac and we engage in this conversation about church. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> I said, I'm not interested in going to church. She said, well, let me tell you about a church up in Norfolk. I know they preach the word of God. And she said, <laughs> I remember her saying specifically that, she said, "This guy is black. You yeah. would you would like him." She's like she knew, like in her heart of hearts, I think she knew that Mac needed that strong yeah. black presence. So I, I went in the house. I said, "Jenna, I don't know what's going on, but I think we need to go to church." <laughs> she said, "Where do you get that from?" I said, "Tracy, Tracy just told told me about a church." And I said, "You know, that's what good people do." <laughs> yeah. I, gotta check. I said because. <laughs> You know, successful people, yeah. good people yeah. go to church. Put it on my resume. Yeah. And I said, we don't go to church, yeah. so let's go to church. Yeah. So we went to church. Yeah. And little did I know, that yeah. we walked into this church and filled out a visitor's card. And one of the elders the next day showed up at my house. Yeah. He said, Mr. McAdoo, you were in my church yesterday. I said, how do you know that? He said, you filled out a visitor's card. <laughs> I said, well, what you want? Why didn't no, you said, call? Why did you call? Yeah. He said, if I had called, you would have told me not to come. I said, that's right, bro. Yeah. Yeah. This that's is so, Monday, night Monday night football. Yeah. Yeah. What come in the on world now. Are you this is pre COVID. He said, right? man, oh, he said, I want to ask you a question. Folks, we lived all the way down Salem Road. Yeah. I'm talking about this church was across the, the street zoo. from the zoo, the zoo on Grammy Street. I'm like, bro, oh, you yeah. drove. Yeah. He said, Mr. McAdoo. We drove around. We lived off the street in a cul-de-sac. He said, we drove around your neighborhood three times. My wife slapped me on the arm and said, Conley, <laughs> let's go home. You will never find this house. Conley said, Barbara, just let me one more time. One more time. Yeah. They found my house. Yeah. He said, I want to ask you a question. I said, bro, you come all the way down here to ask me a question? <laughs> he said, this is what he asked me. He said, if you die tonight, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Mm. That's the question he asked me. And I said, mister, you just wasted your time. I said, I know exactly where I'm going to spend eternity. I'm a good person. I go to work every day. Mm. I take care of my family. I'm going to heaven. And he said, Mr. McAdoo, your goodness won't get you to heaven. Mm. But if you give me three minutes of your time, I can show you in the word of God where you can know for sure 
when you die, where you gonna spend eternity? Three minutes turn into an hour. Mm. Wow. Now, a little bit of background, like previous to that. So Matt grew up super poor. So for him, the American dream was, you know, house. get a job, yeah. buy a house in a white neighborhood, because mm-hmm. then, then you're like, oh, the black guy coming into the white neighborhood. <laughs> uh, get credit cards. Yeah. Get a car. You know, have all the trappings, all the material right. success yeah. thing that say that say I'm successful. And so that that was a part of it. And the other part was that his one of his close friends who played at Norfolk State had had a radical transformation and become a Christian. And he he would and he and Mac played ball together and he was just loving on Mac and just like, Mac, you got to give Jesus a chance. And Mac was hostile, like Mm. he would mock God. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. The one time Kenny came to the house and he was like, Mac, you got to get right with the Lord. And Mac was mocking God. And I remember taking like 10 steps back, like God going to take you yeah. out. Yeah. God is. I look back. Where's, a, where's the lightning? Yes, yes, sir. That's exactly how I like, look back that on, on that today. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Lord, like, oh he, my yeah. God. He was laughing, I was laughing. Joking. I was like, babe, you don't want to mess with God like yeah. that. And Kenny, you know, Kenny had some level of pride too, because he, you know, you put yourself out there, and then you have somebody mock the savior right. that you love. Mm. He kept coming back, so this was a this was a big deal. And the entire time, so it was about six to seven months in between when I accepted Christ and when Mac accepted Christ. I was just praying, like God, I knew I was like God, I I know that I can go forward in life without Mac becoming a believer. But it is going to be really mm. challenging. Like you think about marriages where one of one is a believer and one is not. Yeah. To mm. not share that common love for the Lord, and so th- I was just—I know I was gut wrenched. And this this group of ladies that was praying for him, and so when Conley came and shared, I was like, "Okay, tonight's the night." And tell him what you said to Conley. I told him I didn't need Jesus. Yeah. Mm. I said, "Man, I'm a big time athlete." He's like, I don't so need that. See, this, like, this is, this is that. what happened. Yeah. This is when I knew that I needed the Lord Jesus Christ. Because basketball was my identity. Mm-hmm. It was my life. And so my nephew called me up and he says, Uncle Jack. And I say Jack because that's what they call me in Carolina after my grandfather. So when somebody called to my house and said, is Jack there? <laughs> Janet says, somebody from Carolina. Because I'm known as Jack. If you go down there and say Ronnie, they don't know Ronnie oh, McAdoo. Yeah. So I go down to Carolina. My nephew says, will you come and see me play? And I'm like, absolutely. Because I get to go back home where I'm a superstar. Right. My jersey is hanging in the rafters. I'm the best ball player to ever play it on, Chai. The gym says, this is the house that Jack yeah. built. I mean, he was the wow. So I go down there, right? And I'm like, when I walk in this gym and they see Jack McAdoo has come home, they're going to stop the game. And I walk in there and He nobody. went without us. He went by yeah, himself. Yeah, I went by myself because yeah. I wanted to sign autographs to big hometown <laughs> superstars come home. And I walked in there and nobody said so a word. Yeah. And in my heart, I'm screaming, folks, don't you see me? Mm-hmm. That's my jersey up there. Mm. Yeah, it was, a gut, it was a gut check. I've come back. Wow. Worship me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nobody. I get in that car and I'm driving back to Norfolk to Virginia Beach on 58. And I'm like, all the newspaper articles, all the stories, 
hold up. But he told me, Jesus didn't forget me. Yeah. Mm. He didn't forget me. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. said, Lord, I never gave you any glory. Every article, it was about me. Mm-hmm. But you went to the cross for me? Mm. Right. Yeah. I came back here to 1704 Grace Lake Court in Virginia Beach. I walked through the door and I kneeled right in front of the fireplace. Yeah. I said, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender. I'll do anything you want me to do. Except one thing. <laughs> Don't ask me to speak. <laughs> Don't ask that. me to speak. Yeah. He put a copy put me behind the scenes. Yeah. Ask me to speak because I'm scared to death. Yeah. So what do you do now? I know exactly. <laughs> Dude, two weeks later, Norfolk Christian was having a big yeah, so Christmas funny. tournament. And they found out yeah. that I had given my life to Christ. The Aflac director, I want you to be our guest speaker. <laughs> I said, no way, no I way. He threw up like before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So and all oh, I could yeah. think about was yeah. Moses. The Lord kept yeah. saying, who you think yeah. put the words in Moses' mouth? Oh. We used to yeah. pray that very prayer. But, but when he yeah. would go early, those early days when he was first starting to speak, we would pray that, yeah. that prayer of Moses. Like, just, Lord, yeah. Moses says, if I open my mouth, Lord, yeah. will you fill it? Will you, with the words that you want mm. to come out? Yeah. But yeah, and so it was, you know, we were later in life, you know, we were 30. And I'm the 33. Lord, the Lord had to grow us up wow. really yeah. quick because we it took so long for us to you know first of all we're like one of the things that we're so thankful for is His patience. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He's so patient with us. So patient. And then He put us on this fast track where we, He just we ended up attending yeah. that church and we got good strong Bible teaching. We were involved in in a great community group and. No, He said. Then the Lord said, "Okay, I want y'all to sell your house." When we yeah. got saved, Ooh. he said, sell your house. Yeah. I said, no way. Yeah, it was. Sell your house and move to Norfolk. I said, Lord, yeah. we're not selling our house. Yeah, Mac was like, he I don't want to go back to Norfolk. I'm not going Norfolk back to Norfolk. Norfolk is a bunch of poor people. Norfolk is a reminder of how mm-hmm. I grew up. Mm. There's a bunch of poor yeah. people in Norfolk, and I don't want to see them, Lord. Mm-hmm. Can I just drive to Norfolk and work with the poor? Which is what he we says, have no. been doing. We did that for yeah. over a year. He says, no, I want you to move to Norfolk. Yeah. It's like God slowly stripped away the things that Absolutely. you lose your identity. We, Absolutely. Remember yeah. the night we were ministering in Tidewater Gardens or Huntersville somewhere. And we went into this house and it reminded me of the house that I grew up in in Mevin. I just run, I just started running through the house. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I just had a flashback. (laughs) Oh my god. And Janet told the pastor, he'll be all right. I know what's wrong. And uh, the house, so it was because one of the things um, I grew up with was like it was super dark. Like it was never any light in the house. And then smell, there's just certain smells and so it was one of my athletes, we were going to minister to her and her mom. And so it was Mike Ferris and Mac and myself. And we get there and literally Mac just has a, it was like a panic attack. Yeah. And he's, and he, he's just like, I got to get, I gotta here, get out of here. So he's <laughs> outside and I'm like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then we're telling Mike later, I said, he just comes from such poverty. This is such a reminder right. yeah. of what everything that he wants to leave behind. But, um, and actually, you know, so then we've, we've been believers then for probably c- close to two and a half, three years when we moved to Norfolk. And when we moved from the beach to Norfolk, um, we couldn't find a house. And we had a nice house in Virginia Beach. I remember for a starter house on a cul-de-sac, you know, oh. four bedrooms, two-car garage. And we were like living the life. Well, we come to Norfolk and can't find anything, can't even find anything to rent. 
because Norfolk is so landlocked. You know, it's just yeah. kind of hard to find yeah. a decent place. No had, developments or no. anything. It's all developed. And we were, we were, we didn't have a lot of money, and we had two littles. You know, we had, and the the person that bought our house, the stipulation was, she said, "I want a thirty day escrow. Thirty days, you got to be out." Yeah. So she bought the house on May papers. We had till May thirtieth. It was a mad rush. So he would go off to work. Yeah, because, I would drive yeah. up to Norfolk every day, and I would just be in tears trying to find a place to live. So long story short, um, the one of the other things he stripped away, it's really cool that you, you put that together, Robin, because he was stripping away everything that we were putting our hope or identity in. He stripped away yeah. basketball. He stripped away money. He stripped away a home because we were pretty proud of the fact that we had this nice home. We were, you know, still relatively young. And so we tried to find a place to live and like we were getting desperate. And so one of the pastors of the church said, um, well, you know, we have this house that um, the pastor used to live in. He just moved out and it's available. It's not very nice, but y'all can rent it. And they were going to give it to us for like super cheap. So I was like, okay, so. So we go over to visit, and I was like, oh, it was so bad. This is how bad it was. We lived there for six months. Three months after we moved out, they demolished the house. Yeah, oh. they condemned it. It was condemned. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, But God used that house. Oh, he showed us. Yeah. He showed me, because I. It yeah. was mainly it was me, because Mac had grown up struggling. I was doing I ministry. had never grown up struggling. And so I was like, I refused to unpack the boxes. The boxes just stayed. I took out just enough. Everything stayed in boxes. We had boxes, you know. And um, I was feeding the homeless. They would come to our house. (laughs) They eat. And Janet would come home. You got to back up. You got to back up. Okay. We had four bedrooms, which is wonderful. One bathroom. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay, one bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. So he would say, can you make some sandwiches? And I'm going to take them out and feed the homeless. I was like, sure, I can do that. So I would make sandwiches. Now, I'm a believer. I'm loving Jesus. But let's see where the rubber meets the road. And one day I came home. And the kids are little. I came home with the kids. And um, Mac is in the house. And the shower upstairs is running. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it took me a minute. I was like, okay, doing, do, doing the math. And I was like, who, who's upstairs in the shower? Charles. Charles who? <laughs> This homeless guy, and oh. I'm like, I was in, he's in my bathroom, you know, but that, I was not, and so God had to strip it away, and so mm-hmm. that was a breaking point for me, and so I took the kids, yeah. and I went to California, and I wasn't coming back. And I knew she wasn't yeah. coming back. Wow. Yeah. And I so, knew she wasn't coming back. And so I went to California. When you say you weren't coming back, as in like just to that place or no, to no, Matt? No, she was leaving back. me. I was done. Really? Yeah, That's she couldn't take it. upset I was. She couldn't take yeah. it. Oh, wow. I was like, the Lord, you know, trying to do the right thing, Lord, and you are just, you're just messing up. <laughs> you know, yeah. We're trying to find a house. We're trying to try that. So I got to California, and um, I'll never forget it because our son, he was probably two, maybe two and a half years old. And um, I remember telling my mom, like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go back. I think I'm going to stay out here. And she's like, oh, you're going back. She's like, no. Nana, she just said, she said. The same people that didn't want me in that house. You're no. going back. She said, now, I'm not saying you have to stay married. She said, but you're going to go back. You're going to, you and Mac are going to figure it out. You're either going to make it work or you're going to do it the right way. 
So I was like, oh man, you know, here she's supposed to be on my side. <laughs> like, mom, you're my mom. But they had seen enough of Max's character at that point. Mm. And they had seen how much he loved me and what a hard worker he was and what a family man. And they knew, you know, I don't know how they knew, but they knew that it was the right thing to send me back. And so when I came back, I came back different. Like, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to make this work. Make it work. And it was shortly thereafter, once I finally decided that the structure is not the home, this is the home. It's the home that he and I have as husband and wife and as parents and then the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, we found our we found our home. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we were there for like 22 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a roundabout. <laughs> and it, here's the crazy <laughs> thing, because... You know, I still, even though I was doing ministry, in my mind, I had this house that I wanted. And I said, Janet, we're going to build a house. Yeah. We're going to build a house. We're going to find some land somewhere to build a house. And she says, Mac, I found this house that was built in 1917. <laughs> I said, honey, I'm not living in no house no built in 1917. <laughs> she said, will you just look that at it? beautiful. I said, honey, why? She said, just Look at it. Yeah. We drove over there and I walked through the door. The people who owned the house was there. When wow. I walked through the door, I shook the guy's hand and said, we'll take it. Yeah. Like God the Holy Spirit so said, down. this yeah. is your house. Yeah. Wow. I walked through yeah. the door. I said, we'll take this house. Yeah. That's she said, I said, the Holy Spirit said, this is our house. Yeah. Wow. I love that your story, like it just, you're walking blindly with faith yeah. Yeah. the entire time yeah. and as you were talking the one thing that i really thought was so interesting is how god uses the desires of our hearts to bring us closer to his heart mm -hmm. yep. your desire was to get a check in the box to look more successful by mm -hmm. the church yeah and he just used that and he's yep. like you think you this think. is <laughs> you think that this is yeah. gonna make you yeah. look a yeah. certain way yeah but this is all my plan. So and I think true. that's so yeah. amazing. So true. It, it, so true. It's all God. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. This whole, the way he just ordained this whole yeah. trip for us. And one of the things we said with that house, so that was that was our second house, right? Because that was yeah. our first Christian house. Mm -hmm. First mm. with Christ house. Yeah. And so we said, Lord, if you give us this house, we promise that we, it'll be your house. And we'll do ministry. We'll do whatever yep. we can. And I mean, we we hosted kids. We hosted Bible stuff. We just said, this is not our house. This is a house where we're going to live, but we're going to do ministry. One die for all started, started at that, that house. house. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just inviting kids yeah. in our backyard yeah. to play basketball. So That's I, where it started. Yeah. So I really, we definitely want to jump into One Die for All. But I do have a few questions sure. from your story. One of them was... Uh, Janet, when you left, Mac, what was going on? You were still pursuing Janet, and you're like, "No, I'm done with you. I like, done. I don't love you. Like, yeah, what? I was done. What was that like?" Man, that was a that was uh, that was hard. Yeah. That was hard. But uh, you know, she said, "Mac, let, let me just share the whole story with you. you we got time for this because I came home. Like, <laughs> you got to look at it from my vantage point." Through my eyes, I'd given this woman a brand new house. Yeah. We had two new cars. We had credit cards. We we had pretty much, we weren't wealthy, but we lived a, a nice, comfortable life. And so I come home from work after working all day, and there's a note 
on the refrigerator in my house. A note. She put a note on the refrigerator. It said, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. Where in the world did this come from? We got all of this stuff. And you don't love me anymore? All the things he didn't grow up So I'm sitting there. I'm steaming just waiting on her to come home. Like, what are you talking about? She says, I'm done. I'm done. Did you see you guys drifting apart during that time, or was it? After I moved out, I saw it. Because everything she told me was true. She says, Mac, you don't talk to me. You don't touch me. You don't tell me you love me. Because here's the deal. I never saw my father do that stuff. Mm. My father was a provider. Now, that was a working man. That rascal come home drunk, but he was going to work. And I knew how to provide for my family, but I didn't know how to be a husband. Mm. And everything she said was true. And I said, it's something in me that said, I am not giving up on my family. I said, honey, I will move out, but I will not give you a divorce. Mm. And she got a lawyer and she pursued it. And I said, nope, I will not sign those papers. And so that was the first time. But then when I left, when we were living in, in, in on 30th Norfolk, Street, yeah. and I left, yeah. I didn't tell you. I just left. Yeah, I mean, but I, I knew you, you weren't yeah, coming in back. Heart, wow. In my yeah. heart, I was like, she yeah. ain't coming back. I mean, we had just left everything in Virginia yeah. Beach. We were in a house. I was bringing in homeless people to yeah. do ministry, feeding them, letting them take a shower. And, and actually, God had yeah. to do a work in her heart. Yeah. And when they went out to California, I said, she ain't coming back, yeah. Lord. Yeah, mm. She's not coming back. And when I did come, even when I did come back, I'll never forget, when I did come back, we, it was still obviously really, really rough. And we were, and you remember that in the kitchen with Ken Watson? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure did, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So yep. we're in the kitchen and we're having this, just this blow up. I mean. And I'm like, here we are, we're saved and we cannot make this work. And Mac is a big guy. I picked up the table. And he turned the table over. And I was like, oh. Because he's never laid his hands on me. Like, it was always verbal, you know, never physical. And that was the first time I saw him do something physical. And I remember being super scared. And Mm -hmm. so Ken Watson was one of our pastors. And he came over to the house. But tell him what Ken, I called Ken and I said, Ken. Yeah. I need you. Yeah. He said, I'm getting ready to preach. I said, Ken, I need you. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll get somebody else to preach. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah forgot he came that. over. Yeah. You're right. I said, I need you. It was a Sunday. And uh, so he's right in the middle. He's right in the middle of it. I mean, it's a mess. Yeah. And he's right in the middle of it. I mean, here's a guy that's like willing to jump into our stuff. And it was that day that he challenged us. Uh, mm-hmm. He got some information from us, and he, he, like God, just gave him clarity and insight. And that was the day that he said, "You have to remove the divorce card from that the was it. deck of cards. Wow. You can we never had to can, remove because we would always mm-hmm. play that card yeah. every time we get an argument. We one of us would play that divorce card, and we'd try to beat each other to the punch. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna play it before you play it. There's a way um, out. Yeah. Yes, and when you have that mentality, when you have a mentality that divorce is always an option yeah it's just there's something about taking that divorce card away that changed both of us we're like okay so divorce is not an option option. then i 
guess we're just going to have to fight and figure this out and fight together. So I kind of see that with the work and it's like a roundabout way to relate it. But when you have a coworker and you're forced to be on the same team, mm-hmm. like even though everything you do not get along with them in any sense, you're like, but I have to mm-hmm. work with mm-hmm. you. And you like find a way to build Compromise. a bridge somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when we get into our marriage, sometimes it takes the opposite role of, well, you're just stuck with me. So it doesn't really matter if we get along. Like right. you're just going to be here forever regardless. Right. But when we get into an environment where like, well, we have to work together because we see a common goal and that is the work. True. So sometimes in marriage, we forget that there is also a common goal and we need to get there together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was a game changer for us. A game changer. Really. um, Because we we made a covenant with each other. We said we will not play the divorce card. We will remove it from, Mm. from that deck. And we hadn't, you know, we hadn't gotten any sort of counseling and we've been in counseling as a couple probably four different times, um, the different stages of our lives. And it it has been incredible for us because each time, and it's been with different counselors, each time we've learned more and more about each other and about ways to to fight fairly, to work towards a common goal, to put each other first, and the, the things that were hindering our relationship. So we're huge advocates of premarital counseling, which we never went through, Mm -hmm. but also marriage counseling. Um, You know, when you start, you know, not not to scare you guys, when you start adding kids to the mix, everything changes. I mean, just the dynamic changes, right? And then when you, when your kids leave the nest and now the dynamic changes again. And so um, we're, we feel like, and and I I know we were talking earlier, uh, Nick, about, you know, the whole mental health, it it gets a bad rap. And, you know, and it's especially hard for men because men are supposed to be buttoned up, have it together, you know, and so to lay that, that kind of vulnerability and transparency. And so um, so thankful that Mac has always, he hasn't always gone in willingly, but he's always participated and God, is, God has blessed us because of that. Right. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we have created this idea that if we are broken now, we are broken forever. Yes. And we don't take on the ideas like, if I admit that I'm broken right now, that doesn't mean that Mm-mm. this will be forever. It just means that I now know where I need to start working. Right. Yeah. But right. it's just such a fear Stigma. to say mm. it because although nothing will change by saying it, we think it makes it more true. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting because I would argue that having or going to any sort of counseling today is not stigmatized, mm. right? Like it's become so open. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go see counseling, you mm-hmm. know, I'm having troubles or whatever. But it, I can say that, but it also is still very much so stigmatized. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's this weird dynamic. It's like not stigmatized from the person suggesting counseling, mm-hmm. but yeah. it is from the end to oh, go that's right. to yeah. counseling. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, you should True. go to counseling. It's okay. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And then once they go to counseling, it's like, oh, you went to counseling? Yeah. <laughs> You're the one that just told me to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, confu- I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys went to counseling, was it like you saw a change happening in your dynamic? So you went or it was after, like before or after there was a it change? It usually was a crisis point. It usually was okay. a, like, like yeah. there was a time, there was that one time with, with Larry Schofer. I mean, we, I would just cry the entire time. And it was just... Usually there was a crisis, a point of crisis that we just like, okay, we're, we're not, we are, we can't solve this. And we knew, you know, we would take it to God, but we needed somebody else to speak into our lives and to help us kind of clear away the mud that was, um, clogging it up, if you will. So 
Typically, it was a crisis yeah. point. And it, because, took, it, would take a while. it took a while. Because of my upbringing, got, even though I was a believer at the time, but I had so much, I was carrying so much baggage. Both of us from, were. Yeah, both you of do. us were. Yeah. I mean, just the stuff that was, yeah. you know, you, you're a man. You don't cry. You don't show yeah. no emotion. Yeah. You you own the house, you know. She she submits to you, and just all of that stuff was just yeah. ingrained in me from my father. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it's a lot of unhealthy yeah. behaviors. Janet and, just taught um, me. So I remember the first time I cried, and she was like, "It's okay, Mac. Yeah. It's okay to cry." Yeah. And I'm like, "No, not, not, not where I come from. Is <laughs> not, right. not where I come from. Yeah. If my brothers would see me yeah, crying, they'd probably beat you." Yeah. 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 Jeez. So, so really, just hugely instrumental for us, but but typically like a point of crisis, and then. Um, Trying to break, like a big thing for Mac, I think, if I can say this, honey, is was to like break the cycle. Yeah. Like there's these cycles in families. And so he, like he was like determined that the cycle of, of alcoholism, ab- physical abuse, you know, absent, pa- absent father. He was like, I am not going to, I'm yeah. going to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. And so he always like held on to that. Um, and knowing mm-hmm. that that was a goal for him, like I wanted to try to help him as much as I could, and sometimes I did, and sometimes I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, so that counseling was a was a big part of that too. Mm. But also just like I think I think the one of the things that counselors did was they challenged what what we were what was our belief system like what did we really believe about God and what did we really believe about you know what a what a, what's a husband what's a mm-hmm. wife what is a what does a healthy marriage look like. Well, you had touched on it um, beforehand, like when you had written to us saying that initially you guys walked into marriage believing like, I'm going to get 50%, you get yeah. 50%, yep, sure did. and we'll make it we to 100 totally, that way. We totally <laughs> yep. did. We And that's how we felt. It's like, yep. okay, you, well, I did the dishes last night, so your oh, turn to do yep. you know, that's, that's like, dad, that is, no, that is such yeah. a... Like it took a counselor to point that out. I was like, well, really, each of yeah. you should be given a hundred, and then you guys are good. Because see, here, oh. here was my mindset. I would walk past the sink, and see a sink full of dirty dishes, and I would say, hmm, I did the dishes yesterday. Yeah, Jenny can do those dishes. Mm-hmm. But today, when I walk past the sink and see. It's not even a thought. I, okay, in. let me watch these yeah, dirty dishes. It's so funny you say that. Literally, our last conversation, <laughs> yeah. was yeah. our last topic, um, podcast topic, yeah. was expectations. Yes. We yes. literally talked about how we yes. get expectations yeah. from family, yep. from yep. society, from yep. the church. Because in reality, how long does it take to wash those dishes? Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. Five yeah, minutes. So and so, true. but you go about the whole day expecting them to be. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. so funny. And, yeah. the hid, and the hidden expectations, like, I have this expectation of you, Robin, but I'm not going to tell you. Yes. Well, yes. how in the world are you going to fulfill that, Robin? <laughs> yeah. You don't even know what I so, want. Yeah. Right? And so I'll be like, well, so true. he should know. I'm working. I'm doing this for the kids. I'm doing. He should know that he has to do yeah. dishes. Robin explained it as like, um, she expects ABC of me mm-hmm. but i think she wants x y and z yeah. so yeah. i'm doing xyz because yeah. i love her so no and doing wonder this. you guys yeah. are like Bush, Bush, Bush. <laughs> yeah i was like well i'm not going to feel your love unless you do abc yeah yes. it's like well i'm doing all this work because i love you in this way and it's yeah. like the idea of knowing someone's love yeah. language if you don't understand that love language how they're loving you huge sometimes you don't even think that they do love you huge. Yeah. that's true that's yeah. true because you're not speaking the right language so yeah mm-hmm. so little things like that that we the lord has been so gracious to teach us and 
mentoring and stuff. And he's given us guys, he's given us really great friends, like mm. really great friends who have modeled mar yeah. good marriages for yeah. us. And we're so grateful for that. Oh, d different, like older friends, you know, older couples who now have gone on. To yeah, gone the on Lord, to the Lord. That, that we were able to glean from. And then friends our own age. Yeah. Um, so super cool. Like we're like, Lord, that, like we couldn't have orchestrated that for right. ourselves. So yeah, right. really That's thankful awesome. for that. So I do have another question. Do you want to do a question? I was going to go to a different topic, but you guys. Okay. I have one more question on the same <laughs> yeah. topic. No so I feel like sometimes we do hear about a marriage where one person's a believer and the mm. other person's not and how it's hard for the believers. Like they don't believe what I do. And like, I know this is the truth, mm -hmm. but we don't really hear much from the other side. Like, how was it the fact that Janet loved the Lord and was praying over you? Like, how did that make you feel? Like, did that, did it make you feel like you were being, that you wanted to push away? Or did you feel like a drawing, like you were being drawn in? No, it made me feel angry. Mm. Because I, I didn't have anybody to fight with. Oh. You know, I wanted to fight with Janet, but she was a believer now. And I saw the change in her life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, no matter what I said, to, in order to try to get her to be angry, she would just return love. She would just, just would not fight with me. And right. so it just made me angry. But I could really sense that people were praying for me because I could see my heart begin to just to change. Instead of being angry with Janet, then over a course of months, that anger turned to, hey, Man, yeah, something ain't yeah, something is right. different with you, yeah. you know. And then we began to have yeah. conversations about Christ in her life. Yeah, well, was funny but I was angry in the beginning because I didn't have anybody yeah. to fight with verbally, not physically. Uh, right, yes. right. When we used to get in the car, I used to say, "Oh, I can't." You know, I want to listen. He was listening to you know, it wasn't yes, bad, sir. but it was, and I would be like, "Gangster rap." <laughs> <laughs> Can we listen? Can we listen to BBN? Have y'all ever heard BBN? Okay, BBN. Oh, okay, BBN. Okay. You knew God was doing something when I started listening to that music. So BBN is like yeah. it's like organ choir. Oh my! Oh, yeah, it's really like yeah. it's, And that do you have to go to AM radio for that stuff? Come <laughs> yeah, on, used to preach and yeah. I used to listen to. Um, Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even think now. Yeah. But anyways, um, and, he, and so I would say, can we, can we, can I change the channel? And I would turn to BB and he would look at the looks he would give me. But slowly the Lord was like chipping away at him. And then he started listening to it. Yeah. So, you know, there's just something about, God, whoa, 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 whoa. There's something about God's word. It will not, mm. talk, we're talking earlier at dinner, it won't return void. You know, these pastors on there and the people giving testimonies and it's like, a, you know, talking about change lives. So, yeah. Funny. You started listening to organ. <laughs> <laughs> what I the mean, heck? I don't know. It's man. like the anger just fizzled out yeah. and there's nothing left. Yeah. I started listening yeah. to that music. Yeah. And it just, yeah. Come up, even my buddies, man, we would be <laughs> going to play basketball and they would go, to? Mac, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I said, bro, I don't know, man. I, a lot like of things. This, no. I like this music. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So it's kind of funny. Like, those are some of the things you go, huh, I don't know how to explain that. But, yeah, I think Mac was really angry. And the Lord gave me so much grace during that time just to be able to pray for him. And and I just knew, I was, like I said earlier, I didn't know how I could continue on if Mac wasn't a believer. And I guess I just believed that God would save him. 
But there were many, many days where I would just cry out for his life. And the Lord, mm. please save Mac. Please save Mac. And people gave me, um, one of my girlfriends gave me a really good book about, you know, pr- the power of a praying wife and just praying for him and praying for the kids. So, yeah. And did you feel, uh, so, like, that's what it was inside the house of, like, a spiritual war of yeah. like trying to gain mm-hmm. ga- ground for God's kingdom. Did you feel like the um, woman across the street at that Bible study, like they filled you up and encouraged you and like oh, yeah. filled back up your bucket for you to pour into yep. your husband? Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. I, there were times where I would, I'm very type A and we were doing, we were going, the Bible study that we were doing, first Bible study ever for me was, was on the book of Revelation. Really? <laughs> I mean, let's just jump in here and just go for it, right? Couldn't even do, like, do creation. We're going to go straight to Revelation. Oh, my God. And it was a K. Arthur series Bible study, precept, on, precept upon precept. I mean, it was heavy duty. And so here I am, brand new believer, driving out to the Virginia Beach Chapel to do Bible study. And I was so overwhelmed that I said, I have to quit because I couldn't get all the homework done, and I'm type A. You don't never go to class without your homework done, right? Because then people will judge you. Right. And um, so I told them, I said, I, I have to quit. I can't, I can't come to this Bible study. And they said, you know what? Don't do the homework. Just come. Just come and be loved on and be prayed for and be prayed over. And that is where I got my love tank filled up so that I could, could come home and, and go the whole week. And I knew they just modeled Christ for me and on so many levels. Um, so, yeah, I'll forever be grateful for that. But, yeah, that was a big deal. So like, will I. I. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Like, Matter of fact, I got to meet a lot of those ladies. He did. Yeah, yeah. Jenny said, oh, those are the ladies those who pray for you. <laughs> he actually ended up preaching a yeah. sermon, you know, at that church. It's yeah. like, oh, man, God, you have such a, an incredible sense of humor. But also, like, just, <laughs> just that you would use this. Oh, yeah. So incredible the th- stuff that he's done in our lives. We, we can't even, yeah. cannot take any credit no. for it <laughs> at no. all. Wow, what a awesome conversation that was i mean i did i didn't know what to expect going into this i know that um, some friends had told us a little bit about janet and Mac's story and that we'd even heard them preach a little bit but wow was that powerful yeah honestly we were just told you gotta hear their marriage story and we're like okay yeah let's do it <laughs> what does that even mean yeah <laughs> but it was amazing and one of the things that's just crazy was how God used uh, Max's selfish desire to have the image of success to actually draw him into his church by the image of success and how that was the first thing that drew him in, but how that wasn't what kept him. And that was just so amazing to me how God will use different things to draw people into his love and grace. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it kind of gives me hope, right? Like, Sometimes I think about how bad I am, honestly, (laughs) and like the things that I've done or whatever. And it's like, wow, um, you know, God is a redemptive God. He's a gracious God. And and I think that even with all, all our flaws and everything, he still uses us in ways that 
we, you know, could never imagine. Um, but I think another thing that, that really caught my attention kind of going off what I was just saying was that, um, how Mac still loved Janet through everything, through everything that they went through. And Janet still loved Mac. I mean, there were obviously, as she said, there were times when they were tested and she was ready to walk out. But I think the Lord... And times when she did walk out. Yeah, times where she literally did walk out. But I think it goes to the testament um, that... And, and it sort of plays into the Lord's plan for both of them that they saw and recognized and are still continuing to recognize that the Lord um, does not play into their lives individually, but rather as a couple. Yeah, how once you are joined together in his name, he will use both of you. And then it's just showing how love is a choice. Right. It's not always going to be easy. Some days it will. But it's, it's a choice to love someone. And with that being said, how they had talked about how you have to take divorce out of your playbook. Don't even have it on the table. Don't allow it to be a quick escape route. And if it's, if it's not there as a quick escape route, you're going to be forced to make things work. What I found interesting is that Bella Rose said in, in our interview with her that you should keep divorce as an option so it was was actually interesting to hear these not necessarily conflicting but these different ideas of how to approach marriage and divorce not that this episode was about divorce but that um, these two different experiences have have uh, two different outcomes so to speak but i think the goal of them is the same right to keep your marriage i think Bella had talked about that stuff in in terms of like, it is an option, right? But that's not just to but give you that. that's not God's intention for marriage. Right, because, you know, as they say, uh, only in Sith steal and only Sith steal in absolutes, right? So like, if you were to say <laughs> divorce is never an option, well, then maybe you'll creep there and you'll find resentment in your spouse. But, or you might also get trapped in a very dangerous situation. Exactly. But from Janet and Mac's perspective, for them, what worked for them was taking that divorce card out and saying, you know what? We love each other and we're going to work through this. And it, it is our covenant before God that, that, that really matters. And, and I think what they were noticing is that they were making these decisions off of very heated moments yeah. and very heated emotions. And they and they even said that they would throw out that card a bit, right? Yeah, like, who oh, who could do it first? Who could throw out the divorce card? But all that to say, this was this first part was an amazing conversation. But stay tuned for the next episode where we talk with Mac and Janet about how they have navigated an interracial marriage in the United States and some of the effects of this uh, social justice and racial reforms. Uh, that are sort of sweeping across our country, not only socially, but I think there's also been a reckoning in the church. And with that, uh, we also get to talk about their global mission, which is called One Died for All. Man, that is an awesome conversation in and of itself in that episode. And I'm I'm so excited for everyone to hear that because I know that's this mission, One Died for All, um, is a mission that 
I have felt God sort of uh, been calling me to maybe eventually. But it was just one of the things about the mission is it's just a testimony about how God will use our passions to expand his kingdom and how we can't underplay the passions that God has given us as not being tools that he can use in his kingdom. But yeah. So if you want to continue this conversation with Mac or Janet, feel free to reach out to them. Uh, Mac is Mac, M-A-C-K-M, at trinitychurchvb.com. So again, that's Mac M at trinitychurchvb.com. And Janet is Janet M at trinitychurchvb.com. And if you want to continue this conversation with us, as always, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at War on Marriage Podcast or send us an email at womarriage at gmail.com. And as always, feel free to send this podcast to a friend, let a family member know about it, leave us a review. And I think from the bottom of Robin and I's hearts, we just want to thank you so much for all the support you've given us so far. So until part two of this conversation, we will see you later.